When you've been searching for the right insight, advice, and information on financial marketing, you know where to go. The Speakeasy, the exclusive source for financial marketing insights with a shot of human. Starring Kelly Hellickson and Hillary Reed from Empowerfy, strategy-infused data-driven marketing solutions for financial institutions nationwide. And on this episode, Hillary Reed catches up with a credit union rock star, Christopher Morris. Chris is a musician, artist, writer, and all-around awesome guy, and is well-known for his great hair. Chris always brings his A-game to the credit union world, and he is currently an engagement consultant at the Credit Union National Association, or CUNA, working alongside league partners in the Midwest region to mutually serve their members through direct interaction with credit unions. Chris, welcome to the Speakeasy Podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. Thanks for the compliments. I'm sitting here combing my hair as we speak. Ah, I can totally picture you doing that. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I'm so glad to have you. We go way back. I don't even want to count how many years, but it's been a long time. Way back. This is like a third decade together. It is. And and I just like, as I'm saying that, I just thought of like a funny story from way back, which I won't get into, but I was thinking how, how far back we really, we really go into the CUNA listserv days. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I'm sure some of our listeners uh, remember the CUNA listserv, which I guess is really no longer, right? They More forums and type things, right? Yeah. Now it's all, you know, as you can imagine, social networks and communities and all that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. So yeah, Chris and I know each other from the days on the CUNA Executive Council for Marketing, Business Development, and you've been all over the place up there at CUNA and in Madison and whatnot for a while. So talk to us a little bit now about your current role as engagement consultant. What do you do exactly for CUNA and what are you doing up there? Yeah, I love my job. It's the best job because I'm a total credit nerd, obviously. And my whole job is really, I'm the Midwest kind of CUNA guy. So I interact with all the credit unions and the leagues in the Midwest. And I'm, I always tell people my job is to know a little bit about a lot. So I'm kind of everyone's concierge into the trade association. So if they have a question about advocacy, they have a question about a CUNA council or like, hey, should I go to this marketing school versus become a financial counselor, whatever. So if you're listening to this in the Midwest and you have questions, hey, find me. Chris is your guy. I feel like you've just always been everybody's guy. Like no matter what your role is, you're just always the guy. Well, exactly. I feel like this job was, I don't want to say it's made for me because that sounds so obnoxious, but it was one of those things when it popped up, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is kind of what I do anyway. <laughs> like I'm, I'm in Madison and DEs and people that I've just known would reach out like, hey, do you know who would help me with this and that? And kind of the resource person. That's really, and you're up in the Madison area, right? So there's snow on the ground right now? Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, January in Madison, Wisconsin is my least favorite month, but yeah. And the headquarters of the movements, I mean, usually I'm on campus and which is fantastic, but of course, for the most of last eight, nine months, I've been in the basement of my house. So it's all good. Wow. Pretty crazy. And you've been doing a little remodeling yourself of your new house, right? Right. Well, as many people also have done, I mean, I've got so much free time. So all those projects that you put off, it's like, well, now there's really no excuse. I've got nothing but free time. I'm not traveling. Right. So I've been doing bathrooms and floors and painting and remodeling. And it's crazy. Yeah, what what's up with uh, that Bob Ross stuff? You've been learning to paint via 
Bob Ross, right? Right, right, right. So yeah, Hillary clearly and I were connected on social media. So anyone else who has seen me on social media, I even dressed up like Bob Ross for Halloween. It got to that level of excitement. But no, like a lot of other folks too. I mean, with the free time, I like to stay busy, of course. And I can't just, like I'll binge watch TV, but that's not all I want to do. Like I want to like create and do stuff. So I've always been a big fan of Big Bob Ross, watched it with my daughters. And I got a paint set for my birthday. And I was like, oh, let's give this a try. And I found myself just totally engrossed with it. And I've never painted in my entire life. I thought it would just be like I'd do it once and be like, wow, it's terrible. But I was like, this didn't turn out horrible. And it's a fun way to spend a few hours just to kind of be so in the moment, like creating art, for lack of a better Yeah. That was fun. So That's awesome. So many people I know have taken up painting in um, quarantine, my sister being one of them, and she's become this like amazing watercolor artist that she never knew that she was, and she's really, really incredible at it. So I think it's really cool. Creating is really cool. And you're a musician too. Are you still doing any recording of that kind of stuff with your, you had the disclosures, is that what, yes. what they're called? Yeah, the disclosures. So a little background for people who are listening and like, what, what, is, ha- what is this? So yeah, there, I wasn't a creator, which is why the intro, creating Rockstar, uh, it's not just thrown around. I guess technically, I used to be a creating Rockstar. For, I used to joke like, hey, we're still number one on the creating rock charts because not a lot of people. So we had a creating rock band for like years and years. We had a creating album. We did breakout sessions and MC league conferences. We played and did all the things that a creating band could do. And then we put out a kid's album for financial education, did other things about that. We did kid shows. We played elementary schools. We have all these cool videos. I did reach a point like a couple of years ago where we're like, you know, I think we're, we've done all of the things and all the music is still out there. We've had our run. Yeah. We had a run. Like, you know, the Ukrainian world is such a niche place. So it's like, once you play a league or a conference GAC, it's like, all right, well, do we do that again? Right. What's next? Well, that's awesome. Yeah, we play for fun now, but Chad, who I played music with now, he's running the DE program. He's got a new family. It's fine. We've kind of reached that plateau. So you've been around the block a few times with credit unions. And just like Kelly and I consider ourselves, we call ourselves credit union brats because Kelly Hellickson grew up literally under the teller line in at a credit union in Madison, Wisconsin, because her mom worked there for 43 years. And gosh, I've been in the movement since I was 24, I believe. So we call ourselves credit union brats. We've been around for a while in this. So being that you deal with credit unions all the time and are talking to, I'd imagine, various levels of individuals at the credit unions, what do you see trending these days, especially after I say after COVID because I feel like we should be on the tail end of it by now. But what do you see in 2021 trending for credit unions here this year and in the next couple of years? A couple of things. I mean, it's been interesting. The last few months, I've been talking to a lot of CEOs and senior staff at credit unions in the Midwest. And I should put a disclaimer because obviously CUNA has hired and got these amazing experts. So folks could go and listen to our economists and Jim Nussle and all that good stuff. So these are my personal thoughts as I take notes after I talk to cranes, I'm like, ooh, interesting. Like this, there's themes that, you know, come up as you talk to more cranes. But uh, the first one, obviously, you know, one of my last, my last job is actually working with credians as a data, kind of helping with data transformation and stuff. So definitely this year, the one thing I've talked to cranes about is, man, it forced so many members to use those digital offerings. People that didn't use things in the past were like, eh, I don't want to really use a remote deposit capture, but I can't go in the lobby of a credit union. So the uptick in people using digital has gone way, way up by nature of the pandemic. So I think the member experience, like focusing on that in 2021 is going to be huge. 
just figuring out, okay, it's working. How do we make this easier, faster, better? How do we get out as much member friction, internal friction? How do we leverage data? I mean, all of those things just to make the member experience like, I'm sure you're, you're seeing probably a lot of the same stuff. Oh, I totally agree with that. It's almost like a forced digital member experience. It's a taking and redefining your journey mapping too. I mean, those individuals who you thought maybe were baby boomers and who visited the branches, you know, their journey map looked one way. And now having to go back to the table and say, okay, what changed in their journey map now? Because, you know, they might go back to the branches, but they probably can't right now. And that's, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. So there's that one. Another big one, too, I've talked to a lot of Koreans about. I'm a perfect example of this. So in CUNA, we had a couple remote employees, but so many people just went remote last year. So now this year, I think it's like, okay, last year we scrambled. We were creative around morale and culture just because people were working remotely that had never done that before. And now you have all these credit unions where a bulk of their workforce is remote. And then as things kind of wind down, okay, a lot of those people are going to be like, you know what, can I work remote still? So now I've talked to a lot of cranes that are like, okay, now how do we, we kind of did an okay job or a good job this year, but how do we keep all these folks informed? How do we keep them happy? How do we revamp our communication? So, you know, anything around like that morale and culture, I think is going to be just a constant thing. That's a big one because we're finding that that traditional or legacy mindset, which so many credit unions really do still have, um, to no fault of their own really, but that legacy mindset, there's some credit unions who didn't go remote at all and stayed in the branches. And then there's some who were forced to, and were a remote company we always have been. And so I feel like we're experts at this now and we're so used to, let's get on Zoom. I want to see your face. And they're like, we don't have a camera. No, we're not getting a camera. It's almost like they hope this is going to go away, but I think you're right in that it's not. And you have to find a way to bridge that gap. Right. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of Koreans that have really come up with some awesome ideas and and things, but next year it's going to be interesting to see the shift of like, okay, now, uh, now what do we do? One theme that has come up when we're talking about culture and inclusivity is obviously DEI, like diversity, equity, inclusion. That's another key priority that I've kind of hearing coming up and up. And obviously last year, we were kind of forced to look at issues such as systemic racism and like never before. And you've seen, at least, you know, I don't work at a credit union, but in the system, you've had things like the CUDEI Collective. You had so much more education, I think, last year around DEI than I've ever seen which is great. In fact, even CUNA hired like a new VP of DEI, which is awesome. So, But that's come up talking to CEOs and groups saying like, oh, that's something we've done it before, but it's like, no, we're really, really making this a key strategic priority. Yeah. Do you think if you had to guess, do you think that that would be one of the top 10 trends coming up in the e-scan? Oh, easily. I think I think it is actually. Don't I'm pretty sure if it is the one for next year. Yeah. Is it out already? Because yeah. that was, yeah, that definitely, definitely has to be one. We've always taken a close look at the e-scan and we did so many strategic planning sessions in 2020 and we review those top 10 trends and it's not even halfway through the year we found ourselves bringing up the top 10 trends and saying all right let's just throw them out the window because everything has changed since it came out and so I'm really really excited to take a a deeper dive into the e-scan and really read read that front to back and see how things have changed. So I'm curious what you think this will do to various roles in the credit union space? Like, are there any roles that don't exist currently that you see an upcoming need for at credit unions or roles that are going to be evolving, like you said, the DEI or things like that? No, it's interesting you say that. I've talked to, just in the last month even, going back to the first point. 
so many folks were like, you know what? We didn't have a member experience person. And now we have not only a member experience person, but that person is on our leadership team. I was like, wow. Like, you know, five, 10 years ago, that was not a thing. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like when it's like when those marketing individuals become CEO, that was absolutely a trend in that direction. And now this is another up and coming level to the C-suite. Yeah. And I think in the case, I was one creating, I can't remember the name, but the, the new like chief member experience officer was like marketing reports to them, IT, all of these departments, which I was like, wow, that's so great that they recognize that. I've been seeing that a lot as well. Member experience all across the board. Gosh, more marketing directors than ever, I think, I know, are given being given that member experience role as well. Because it's, I mean, either you have to report to it or you have to be that member experience role because there's no denying that the marketing and the journeys all feed right back to that member experience. Yeah, and then, and then with the other trend, like I know DEI, when I've talked to Cranes, a couple of them, which and I think this is... A, not only credit unions, but just other organizations, they have like a DEI person, but then they also have a DEI committee. That way it's not like, okay, this is just one person or HR saying like, hey, here's a new policy. We're going to do DEI. It's like, no, we have a whole group of people made up of people from different departments. That way you get buy-in from all the different areas of the organization, which makes sense. A diverse group to serve yep, diversity. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's That's amazing. Well, this has really been a great conversation. I appreciate it, Chris. And I have one more question for you that I love to ask everybody because I'm just super nosy and I love getting all this new information. What's your favorite app at the moment? My favorite app, honestly, is Calm. It's, you know, the meditation app that would kind of saved, saved my life, I think, in 2020. I, I always meditated a little bit, but last year was the one where I was like, ooh, I need that 10, 15 minutes a morning to just like ground myself. So the Calm app, I totally recommend it. Wow. I think you might be the second person that even used that as your favorite app. I think that's awesome. And then what about your favorite app for efficiency and work-related? Whether it's an app or, you know, a computer app or platform. You know, I am so, I don't know if it's old school or like, or what, but it's kind of sad how much I organize my life, like with Outlook, like I'll set appointments just like, okay, one o'clock, get ready for the two o'clock meeting, a three o'clock, do this. So that's kind of how I organize my life is like just literally <laughs> scheduling my life. Like, okay, half hour for lunch. Cause if I don't put in that half hour for lunch, I'll easily get distracted and keep working. So I don't know. That's probably keeps me, keeps me going. So you're going to go with Outlook or Outlook calendar? <laughs> Let's do the Outlook calendar. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys use Slack or anything like that? We do. We actually last year started using Teams, which is kind of similar to Slack in some ways. I'm still kind of getting oriented to it. Yeah. Being a remote company, I'd say Slack always comes up as our number one app that we all love because I don't think we could do our job without it. And we just connect so much on there, just chatting or whether it's Zoom via Slack. And this morning, of course, for the first half of the day, Slack was out. And we were like, how 2020 is that of 2021 to have Slack be out the first working day back? <laughs> oh my, but it's back up. And so we are good. So that's that's my answer there is, is Slack for sure. Thank you so much, Chris, for, for taking the time to talk to us. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Hillary. And uh, yeah, hope to see you in person sometime soon. Yes, you too. And once again, thanks to Christopher Morris and thank you for joining us. And to connect with Hillary or Kelly to simplify your credit union marketing needs with Empowerify's full service marketing and design support, please visit empowerify.org. This is the Speakeasy Financial Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>